When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Trot's Talk. Live the dream. Get involved in harness racing today. NZ Harness Racing. Visit hrnz.co.nz. Morning, everyone. Welcome to the special edition of Trot's Talk. Yes, brought to you out of Karaka. It is the New Zealand Bloodstock Standard Bread Sale Day number one of four. Very much looking forward to the next two hours where we have a large number of guests. Michael Kieran will join us uh, very, very shortly. And uh, as will Cam Bray, who's got a bit of auctioneering to do today. Looking forward to hearing from both of those gentlemen, Michael will then nip away, he's got some TV commitments, he's got a far better head than me, so he'll go and do those, and then he'll come back and we'll have a chat in the latter part of uh, things. Other guests we're going to have on the show, Ken Brecken will join us about 11.15, have a chat to us about his 36-strong draft. Mark Purden, whose record at the yearling sales and in harness racing is unsurpassed. There's no question about that at all. He'll have a chat to us about all things he and his son Nathan stable and what it's like to be back in the sale ring and how hard is it going to be today. So we'll have a good chat to him about that. Crandall, Giddy, Logan, Hollis, one of those two, maybe both of them will turn up. Be quite good to have a chat to them. And then we'll have our regular segment, the Southern Man segment, around about 12 o'clock. Still plenty of uh, action in the second hour as well. Uh, Harness Race New Zealand's Catherine McDonald will come and uh, have a chat to us too about what's happening in the world of Harness. And Amanda Telfer, will uh, come in from Sydney last night. Kalua flyby won a heat of the Oaks. They didn't have much luck in the Newcastle Mile, but we'll have a chat to her about her team in Sydney. Michael, you've joined us. Morning, Gregory. Big hi to everybody listening around the country, or if you're listening further afield on the SEN or SENZ apps, great to have your company. It's a beautiful day here in Karaka. We had the uh, thoroughbred sales recently. It was Noah's Ark material, so for it to dawn... This beautifully today is great. I actually had a conversation with Andrew Seabrook, who's the boss of New Zealand Bloodstock, and I said, this is your strongest sale of the year, because we have a lot of wonderful gallops sales, and, and the ready-to-run sale has an extremely high strike rate. But of the horses sold here today, 80% or more will win races. It's an incredibly deep catalogue. It's very strong. It's a catalogue that it starts incredibly quickly. We have excellent trotting lots, early doors. We have a very strong back end. And because it's a boutique sale, the market will set itself very quickly, Greg. So it's not a case like you sometimes go to sales where 40 or 50 lots in, you haven't had your, your six-figure lot, and the market's still struggling for traction. The market here will set extremely quickly. Now, in saying that, the best buying will still be in the first two hours today because it'll get very hectic at the back part, because some of the Australians who are here aren't going to go to Christchurch. Uh, they just come for the one day to Auckland. The, the breed here tends to be far more trendy for what they want. Uh, it's going to be a really strong day. The economic factors with interest rates climbing so much and some of the uncertainty around harness racing's immediate future will impact, I think, the 30 to 60 market but it won't impact the 100 to 
150 to 250 market, where there might only be 10 horses anyway. But those people don't care about things like that because they're not borrowing money. No, they're not. Uh, here to try and extract as much out of the buyers for the vendors is the head auctioneer for New Zealand Bloodstock and the standard bred manager. I think that's your title, wasn't it? Cam Bray, thanks for coming up and, and having a chat. Oh, we're, uh, thanks very much, guys. Yeah, no, very exciting times. Um, uh, I would be lying to you to say I'm not just a touch nervous, but uh, that's what it's like when you go to a big sale like this. And, and as Mick said, you're very right in what you're saying. It's 100, and I think we've got a few withdrawals, so we're like 123 lots going through the ring today. And uh, when you compare catalogues with catalogues, it's just such a high-quality sale and a short number. Um, so that, that comes with a, a quite a bit of expectation as well. Um, there's a lot of guys who have invested a lot of money up here uh, to update and maintain their breed. So, um, yeah, I think it, we, we will see fireworks early. Um, there's some outstanding pedigrees early, some outstanding, outstanding types and individuals all the way through this catalogue. Uh, so it's generally one of the, albeit I'm nervous now, one of the more funner sales to sell. But isn't that a good thing, being yeah. nervous, if you didn't yeah, have yeah, that yeah. nervous energy? You um, wouldn't want to go into it, you know, just complacent. You know, no. it's, uh, it's about getting G'd up because you want everyone else to be G'd up. So, yep. yeah. What have, what have you noticed in terms of the biggest difference in, say, the last five years, because I'm getting a feeling, and it's coming from the, the horse people, the trainers who are buying these horses, that the level of preparation for these yearlings has gone to the next level. Is, is that a fair statement? I think so, and I think that, that's, that a lot of that's come about, I think, with the change of direction from, you know, from the company itself. You know, NZB have come in. They've come from so a thoroughbred. So this is the fourth year? Fourth yep. year, yeah. So they're looking at it through a thoroughbred lens. Um, they And we measure ourselves as, as, a, as a division in the company against our thoroughbred partners. And the value we are paying, we're not mucking around. So we need to be doing the job right. Um, and, and again, same with the guys that are buying. You see the guys like Mark Purden and the Gene Feast, the, all, the, all the names, they're out there walking about doing the work uh, so the preparers need to do the work too, which they have, and it's it's been a real lift in, in that. You can see it out there as you walk around. You talk you talk about um, about what people you know who are going to star at the sale. It, it, well, the biggest change by far in the standard bread sales in the last three years has been Stonewall Stud. It used to be a fact that if you had a really good cult by bettors, Emilio Rosati might be on it, Gene Feast might be on it, John Street might be on it. It doesn't matter who's on it now. If Steve Stockman wants something, he'll buy it. And that's very rare in any sales complex in the world. Even Coolmore have Godolphin as rivals. But their spend, their aggressive tactics for the, what they want, is the single biggest trend in harness racing sales in Australasia. And it's everybody. doesn't matter if you're new trend, doesn't matter if you're APG. They would wish they could get him to go to their sales. Now, they can't because the stock's not as good. The stock is better. Um, the gap is closing a little bit because they've brought a lot of good mares out of New Zealand over the last 20 or 30 years. But what he and Steve Telfer and Jill Stockman are building together is massive. And that will be the single biggest footprint out of today. Better's Delight is a massive footprint, but we're used to that. But Steve's footprint will turn $100,000 horses if he wants them. And say Gene Feast wants the same horse or Dean Shannon. They'll become $200,000 horses. Very, very few people in the history of any sort of bloodstock sale in New Zealand have had that much power over the market. Yeah, and I think one thing you, you temper that with is that I don't think there's a guy out there as an organisation, that group who are doing more work pre-sale. 
Look, they're, they're looking at horses in December. They're vetting horses, you know. Um, they're doing a lot of work. And, uh, you know, he narrows down what he wants and, you know, ultimately he gets what he wants. All right, two auctioneers today. You, Mike Kneebones, come over yep. from Australia. So uh, I, I sp- spoke to him just before. He, he's, he's done a lot of homework. He, he said, look, um, it, it's been it's always a big challenge to do the standard bread sale. He's a predominantly thoroughbred mm-hmm. Uh, auctioneer, but he's also an animal auctioneer, so he he was quite excited about uh, what what's going to unfold too. And, and as auctioneers, th- this is what you're in the game for. Yeah, and I think you know I, I sell a few of the thoroughbreds too. And one thing that's is, is very different here in the standard bread side of it, vendors and preparers come here to sell horses. You know, we are great at at bringing our stock to market and selling them. Um, which, you know, with the thoroughbreds, higher service fees, you know, it's under scrutiny of, you know, x-rays and the ability to trade a horse via other avenues. It's different. Here, this is probably really one of your big, this is your big chance to sell a horse and people, you know, sell horses. Yeah, what you don't have, you don't have the ready-to-run market. Correct. So you might have 100 horses purchased at Karaka galloping sales, which will go the ready-to-run. So we have another couple of hundred who get there for other means. But you don't have that for the harness. Um, and the other thing, too, is you don't have a residual fillies value market. Nobody buys a harness racing filly very often and thinks, well, if it's no good on the track, I'll still make a couple of hundred K out of this. You know, you're not buying a fast hit rock or, or one of those mm. type of things or a Galileo if you're lucky enough to get one. So what you tend to find here is people are buying racehorses. And the other difference is at the Gallup, scope and x-rays are everything. Whereas here, scopes are largely irrelevant. It, there's almost no point getting a harness or scope. They all pass. Uh, and the x-rays are far less of a deal. So because of that, you're having, because you don't have that secondary market with the ready-to-runs, what you're finding is everybody pretty, it pretty much ends up on the same horses. Like you could go through here today and, and go to Mark Purden's list and, and the, the Stonewall list and... 15 of the top 20 horses will be the same. Same horses. They're yeah. the same horses. Mm. Now, some people get a snitch on a family because they bought one last year, which is no good. But at this sale, you can tell people what people are going to go after. Then it's a question of whether that's 150 or 350, and that's controlled by three or four people. I bought horses out of the sale. I bought horses out of the sale that won Group 1 races. There's still value here. I bought a horse here for 20K mm. when I won a Group 1. You can still buy value here today because, again, we'll go back to the other factor. Those top 15 to 20 horses are on everybody's list, and they've also got lists for Tuesday and Wednesday. Some people don't buy at the trotting sale tomorrow. So once you end up with those lists, it's a little, little bit like Sydney Easter for the Gallops. The syndicators and the big players are on the same horses. Then there's a, a vacuum created, and that vacuum's in that 30 to 80 space, and that's where we're going to see Regan Todd and Mark Jones and, and Bob Barton and those young fellas, Nathan Williams, and those sort of people buy into Greg. So I think there's a fear factor when you come to the sale that everything's going to be expensive, and it's actually not the case. The top end is expensive. There is absolutely a gap here, and a $35,000, $40,000 horse here today, which is just under the average of expected around fifty, won't cost you any more or any less in Christchurch because that market is a different bunch of people predominantly to who's buying at the top end of the market. And, and that's something for people to be mindful of. The other thing, too, is if you want to bid, if you're listening to this, there's almost certain you're not here. So you can bid online and just go to NZB or NZB Standard Bid using the portal to get to. Make sure you're registered a bid online because there's nothing worse than looking at a sale. I did it here last year. I didn't bid on a horse. 
and it went for 75k. Ken Bricken actually sold a good friend of mine, and I was like, well, how did that go for 75 I was lucky enough to get into it afterwards. Right. But there's nothing worse than watching a horse go through, and you think, I'm not going to bid on it because it's going to be too expensive. And you could have got it. And the crucial factor of that is register, be ready to do so. You don't need to vet them out as much as the gallopers, and then you have the option to play. I'm not telling you to buy a horse. If you don't have that sort of money, don't buy a horse. But if you don't have the option to play, buyer's regret or non-buyer's regret are real things. They are, absolutely they are. The online platform is, well, world-class, no question about that, Cam, at all. So we have the sale today of 123, then we have 250-odd to sell Mm. in Christchurch, split between the Trotters sale that starts at 3 o'clock on Monday. We have a half-hour preview show, which people can watch on Facebook or via the NZB Standard Bread website, and then two pacing Sale days, Tuesday and Wednesday. Caracas sets the tone. Last mm. year, average about 51,000, a record. Um, are you getting the feel or are you are you confident that the market is, is going to be in a similar vein or is there a little bit of nervous trepidation there? Uh, there's, there's always a wee bit of that, to be fair. Like, we're in a different space this time. We, we've come off the back of a bit of a COVID bubble, you know, 12 months previous. Um, I think if we can hold ground, we've had a good day, um, reality. Uh, there's a number of factors. Mick talking before about, you know, guys buying in the middle and sort of lower end of the market. I think those guys who have bought in that market have had a pretty good time of it, selling horses. Um, as, as we all know, Possibly the racing game in New Zealand, domestic racing product, isn't quite as where it's been. And in Australia, it's booming. What that has created is is quite a big going horse market to sort of fulfil, you know, um, people's, you know, they got owners that all of a sudden they've got a bit of, they're fired up, they want to buy a horse. So we will hopefully see a little bit of that come back through the market here. I know a lot more guys are prepared to buy a lot more of them in that market than what they, I don't know if they're going to spend any more money, but they want to buy more of them. So uh, ultimately, that will cause its own um, competition, which generally means a bit of a lift. So yeah, again, we just got to temper it all out, but um, I'm pretty pretty confident. All right, good luck, mate. Thank Appreciate you. you stopping by. Um, I know you're about three quarters of an hour away from uh, getting underway and. Uh, Cambrai representing New Zealand Bloodstock. This is Trot's Talk brought to you by Harness Racing New Zealand. Uh, we're not going to let our regular listeners uh, miss out, Michael. 8833, text your name, your TRB account number. And it's a pretty simple code word today, mate. Karaka. Why wouldn't it be? Have nice. a crack at that. Yeah. Interesting results overnight. Um, the very, very hyped Captain Ravishing got beaten in the Chariots of Fire. Well, let's have a listen to that because I know... Hey, you're in charge. Producer dude Robbie has it standing by. Here is the Chariots from Menangle last night. Near the turn, it's Captain Ravishing, third quarter, 27. Leads by four or five metres on catch a wave, and this pair have burst away. He just wanted to hang in a shade. The leader is Captain Ravishing. Pitt gets to work, trying hard as catch a wave. It's Captain Ravishing. He's still clear. He leads by four metres, inch by inch. Catch a wave is cutting back the margin. Here comes Catch a Wave, dives up, grabs the captain. Catch a Wave wins the chariots. Catch a Wave is beaten. So the Gaths and Catch a Wave upsetting probably the most hyped horse, I reckon, in the last decade, Michael, and Captain Ravishing, a Kiwi horse. Republican Party was back in the field. He was last, though, and when they're going, what, they go 149, it's very difficult to make up ground. Yeah, look, Captain Ravishing was on a hiding to nothing there. He's been hyped up so viciously by people who should know better that he was the best horse in the world. 
that any time he gets beaten there, he's a failure. Now, he actually went pretty good last night. The problem is he hasn't been taught to conserve his energy. When you speak to the greats, when you spend time with James McDonald, they talk about conservation of energy until it is needed, which is what Nature Strip's entire life has been about. Them teaching him to conserve his energy. Now, this horse hasn't been taught to conserve his energy. Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin love letting them run. Good luck to them. They've trained a lot more than I have. The problem I have with hyper-hyping horses is this. People bet on this shit. It's a real, live, viable thing. And if someone was sitting at home last night and wants to have a thousand or a hundred or even twenty bucks on something at a dollar twenty because they've been told it's the best horse in the world and it gets beat, they go, These people are pickles. Why would I bet on this shit again? And that's a really living organic thing. You have an obligation as a tipster to not only respect Cardigan Bay and Poplar Arm and Lazarus, you have an obligation to respect those horses if you want to be taken seriously. But you have an obligation to respect the fact that most people work for their money. And they need to buy washing machines and petrol and food. And if they are going to gamble, you don't have a competition to name everything the greatest of all time. Your job is to be realistic about it. And I think a lot of people are losing their way with that because in social media, they want to be the person who found every horse. Now, Captain Ravishing is still a wonderful horse. Hopefully they teach him to conserve his energy so he can get to the 600 and use it rather than using it all early. But... It's a tale of weariness and of woe, and it's a particularly, you see it in some of the lesser full-time guys in New Zealand, and you see it in some of the Australians, because it's a competition to say that this is the GOAT. If you think that's the GOAT, then what was Cardigan Bay? What was Lazarus, who beat Tiger, Tara, and Smolder, who won the next two Inter-Dominions by 10 lengths in the New Zealand Cup? We have an obligation as an industry to not say stupid things because we're in a real fight for market share. Don't worry, happens at the gallops too. After Cabin was the best horse in Australia till he run unplaced yesterday. But this is people gambling money they worked for on this. And that's why it annoys me so much and that's why I spent the last three weeks saying to people, this is bullshit. Leave this horse alone. It'll prove what it is eventually. But you saying it's the best horse in the world is misinforming people. And that's why it's so important to me. And that's why last night, a horse called Catch a Wave went absolutely sensational. Out of its skin. And yep. no one's talking about it. Hmm. Because Cat the Ravishing got beat. So to cap, to the Catch a Wave team, and there's a relation to it going through today with Kim Brick, and we'll talk to you shortly. To, to Andy Gath, to Kate Gath, the, the owner of the horse passed away. To these wonderful people, I congratulate you on what your horse did. He was fantastic. You are the story. But I think now that was a really timely reminder that enough of this ride high, Captain Ravishing, rah, 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 rubbish, every time Ladies a horse... Ladies in red. <laughs> it, well, every time a horse wins by 20 metres doesn't mean it's better than any other horse in history. Yep. And if we keep telling people that, they're going to think we're a bunch of pickles and not want to bet on harness racing. And that's what means so much to me because I haven't spent 30 years of my life getting on planes, leaving people I love and spending thousands of hours travelling around the world to lie to people. And that's Gregory, is what we saw at Manangle last night. Beautiful, Michael. Appreciate the early part of the show having you on, because he's got to go away and do TV stuff now, which is pretty important. We're going to take a short break. On the other side, you're with SENZ Trots Talk, brought to you by Harness Racing New Zealand. We're going to talk to a man who has a rather large day ahead of him. Yes, the Brecon Farms draft. They have 36 horses to sell here today. We'll talk to Ken shortly.
Welcome back in to Trot's Talk. Don't forget to enter our competition, double eight double three, your name, your TOB account number, and the code word Karaka, because that's where we are broadcasting out of today, day one of four for the New Zealand Bloodstock annual yearling sales. 123 going through the ring today, and a man with a rather large imprint on what might unfold here today is Ken Brecken from Brecken Farms. Kenneth, thanks so much for making your time available on what's an incredibly busy time for you, Karen, and the entire Brecken Farms team. Yeah, hugely, Greg, and it's just great we've got a bit of fine weather in Auckland. Yeah, it is beautifully fine yeah. today, isn't it? Which, um, the first question I'm going to ask you, are, are the challenges around preparing yearlings and, and the weather-related challenges, how have Brecken Farms handled things? Yeah, look, we, we copped it quite bad down on the farm. Um, we had a couple of huge oaks that hit the deck. Uh, we were probably very fortunate we had dual fences on the roadway, the main road into uh, Te Aumudu. So, uh, yeah, one went crashing through one of the fences. And um, your biggest uh, concern are the horses. They hate the wind and, and obviously um, lightning and thunder. But uh, we got them all here in one piece. And uh, Nigel Fay and the team have done a terrific job doing that. Yeah, and just, just on... Everything that's happened weather-wise with uh, Cyclone Gabrielle, our thoughts are, are with the people throughout the North Island that are that are struggling. Our very own uh, producer of the box seat, uh, Glenn Bourne, he's here today. His family are based in Hawke's Bay, so we've talked to him about some of the some of the stories and, and, and some of the challenges uh, that are ahead. So our, our thoughts, although we've got a big day ahead ourselves and a big yep. four days, um, we're still thinking of the people that are really struggling, and there are a few of them, Ken. Yeah, look, one of our staff, um, her boyfriend was missing for five days, so fortunately they found him. He's, he's safe, sitting up in some hill somewhere. Uh, his parents were not as fortunate. They've lost their home, so right. it, it is tough. Yep. And, and it's widespread. A lot of people are, are affected. Ken, today is a big day for you guys, the biggest day, in fact, in the last 10, what, 12 years since you took over the Yarnley Farm and turned it into Brecon Farms, 36 of your own horses, of which you've got 23 colts. You must be excited. Yeah, very exciting. I mean, you only have one hit in this game. It's an odd sort of business. And so, you know, today's our day. Uh, the rubber, it's where the rubber hits the road. So, uh, but look, we're well prepared. Our draft, uh, look, I think on pedigree alone is, is the best we've ever put forward. Having the captain, Treacherous, uh, I know you were speaking about him earlier, he's changed the game a wee bit. Um, he's a magnificent-looking horse, Captain Treacherous, and I just think he's providing some real speed back into the industry, you know, where the better's delights have been tough. Yep. This is a, a different sort of animal, so I think they'll be in demand today, the yep. Captain Treacherous. And you've got a great spread, and we'll talk about one of those in a moment, uh, because Catch a Wave winning uh, last night at Manangal, you've got one on a similar cross out of a Christian Cullen mare that actually goes back to Copper Beach, which won uh, the Oaks. But you've got a widespread of stallions. Better's delight. He's still the king. There's no question about that. But his reign is not too far away from ending because he's an old stallion there. Um, Art Majors, you've still got some Always Be Mickey. You've got a Muscle Hill there, and yeah. I know how big a fan of Muscle Hill you are. Um, I think he's the only one in the North Island sale. Correct. Yeah, so um, the, the trotting breed is close to your heart. It's, it's, it's one that, well, your greatest horse, I could do it, uh, was a fantastic trotter who won over a million dollars and won every big race that you could possibly win. Um, the passion for the trotter is, is deep for you and Karen, isn't it? Yeah, look, very much so. I probably saw a gap in the market some years ago. Um, you know, trotting trotting was there, but it was very traditional. Um, you know, we, as you know, Greg, a lot of paces converted. If they couldn't pace, they'd convert them to trotters. 
saw an opportunity, saw it happening in Australia as well, um, and then took to buying some very good broodmares, um, a couple of those of uh, Gene Fees, of course, and predominantly that's our breed today, very strong with those American breeds. Uh, and it's good to see, like in New Zealand now, it's taken off as well. So both, I think both gates are getting you know, very similar in numbers. Um, you know, I think we're probably still 20, 20% behind with the trotters, but they are growing very quickly. And I think people are enjoying them a lot more. Having these American-bred horses, French-bred horses, they trot as early two-year-olds, where before you were waiting until they were three or four. So I think it's exciting, and we just need to see the likes of HRNZ programming a lot more races for them. Uh, I know Australia are, and you know we're very um, thankful for the likes of Pat Driscoll, the job he's doing over there, and again, having two-year-old series for trotters. So... You know, I know we're going to embark on a couple of those next year over the side of the ditch, and, and I think that'll encourage more buyers into, into buying trotters, and, I, and hopefully we'll see that today. All right, let's focus in on, on some of those. But just before we do have a look at some of the lots, Captain Crush, you, you've invested in, in him as a stallion, and I think you've got a couple uh, in the sale today. Uh, what, what impressed you about him? I think he won $3 million and, and went one forty nine. Um, you, you've never been afraid of having a crack at a, a first season, sorry, have you? No. I've, um, look, I've got a, a little bit of cold feet about it. I, I think a couple of times I've probably gone into some of these new stallions a little bit too deep. So I think, you know, this year Nigel Fay and I sort of try and crystal ball this two or three years out. Um, I saw the weanlings at the sales this year. Very impressed by Captain Crunch. So, And again, just the, that sideline again, you know, sons of some beach somewhere. And uh, so, you know, down by the seaside's another one. So, yeah, we are having a, a wee crack at them. And be fair, the two we have here today uh, look look tremendous. And I think you'll see a lot of sport. And, in fact, there's a, there are a lot of Captain Crunch in the sale. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. We talked about that cross, the Captain Treacherous, uh, over a Christian Cullen mare. And lot 74 today. Out a good-looking girl who, of course, left Al Mack, the winner of a dozen races, six of those at Group 1 level. Um, it's 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 an important night last night for this filly, isn't it? Yeah, look, very important. Um, and remembering she's actually left, the mayor's left three Group 1 winners, um, as recent as in the spotlight, uh, Greg Bond in Australia. Um, and wonderful cross. I mean, it's a, a very exciting cross with uh, Captain Treacherous over Christian Calamere. So, and already, and also on that page, All-American Lover, who's... Group yeah. one winner of yeah. the of the Queen of Hearts, yes. yeah, yeah, and and and, as, as an, and very very tough mare, so um, she's a good looker. Mm. In I've fact, had a look. if, if she had two legs, you'd, you'd need a few credit cards, I can tell you. <laughs> but uh, no, she she knows she's good. So I think there'll be a lot of interest in, in her, and and again, Australians showing a lot of interest. Yeah, and of course you have a captain, treacherous colt out of El Mac. Uh, or Ali Mac, whichever way you want to go. I don't yep. think it matter what you call her because she was very good, and that's lot 63. He's a cult. What, what do you what do you make of him? Well, look, from a young age, he knew he was the best, and yep. it's it's interesting. These young horses, uh, they they show early on in the piece that uh, who's the, who's the boss, and uh, from an early age, he he's done exactly that. So he's an absolutely striking captain, treacherous, a big tall horse, um, and again. I would think he would be, uh, yeah, he'd be well covered by a lot of boys. I'll talk about the trotters in a moment, but almost the oh, the, the star of the show from a, a Brecon's brand point of view is late in the day, lot 123. We're talking about, of course, the half to King of Swing, uh, the full to Better Twist, the pacer of the year, the multiple group one winner, and, of course, King of Swing, who you sold at this very sale ground. Um 
he's a remarkable horse. Won three Miracle Miles, unbeaten over a mile at Menangle, and, and two Hunter Cups as well. So uh, this, this horse, there could be some fireworks in the latter part of the day. I'm, I'm sure that's what you're hoping for. Is that the feel you're getting about him? Yeah, look, we have probably, the last 15 knots, we have a, an incredibly uh, strong number of horses in there, both trotters and paces. But, look, it's very exciting with him. Um, as I say, better twist on the job, but... Um, King of Swing, just outstanding. Again, we've gone to him this year as a stallion. Um, you know, he was um, a fantastic-looking horse, wonderful confirmation, and, and I believe he'll do a great job over there at uh, Cobbety Farms. But, um, you know, he comes late in the sale, and I think the end of that sale, hopefully there's a few people that are panicking and may not have uh, got a horse early on, so but I expect there to be fireworks. All right, and and he's an outstanding individual. You get into it nice and early because you've got the Majestic Sun Colt Lot 2 uh, at a Yankee Doozy, which is... Uh, your family. Yeah. Well, sadly, uh, it's the last one out of the mare. We lost the mare um, earlier on in the year, so uh, it's sort of an end, end of an era. So yep. uh, he's, a, again, a great-looking colt, and, and I hope he goes well. But uh, you do get nervous on those early lots, Greg. Yeah, yeah, you, you certainly do. Hey, Ken, thanks so much for, for stopping by and having a chat to us. Um, it's always great to not only get an insight into what it means to you guys to be involved in this industry, but uh, on such an important day for you to give up your time for us. Um, we wish yep. you all you and Karen and the entire team, Nigel and the Brecken Farms team, all the best today. Yep. Thank you, Greg, and thank you, audience. All right, there he yep. is, Ken Brecken. Brecken Farms, big part to play they have today. We're going to take another break. Don't forget to enter our text competition, double eight double three. your name, your TRB account number, and uh, the code word today is Karaka. Mark Purden might be absent because he's away looking at horses, so we'll have to try and find another guest. We'll take a quick break, and on the other side, we'll have someone else. Yes, we're out of Karaka. It is New Zealand Bloodstock's yearling sale, the annual yearling sale, and uh, we are about 20-odd minutes away from the first of 123 lots that will go through the sale ring today. We've already caught up with Ken Brecken. Michael Guerin has uh, spoken to us about all things harness racing, including last night where Catch a Wave upset Captain Ravishing in the Chariots of Fire, Republican Party was back in the field for Team Dalgetty and Blair Orange. But when they're going 149 and he settled last, it almost made it a mathematical, well, impossibility for want of a better word. We did have Kiwi success at Menangle last night in a heat of the Oaks with the very fine filly Kalua flyby for Team Telfer Cullen. And uh, the expectation we have around her now going forward to the Oaks is pretty high. Mark Purden's tied up having a look at horses, so hopefully we'll still get him inside the next hour. Don't forget to enter our competition today. Double eight double three is the number. Text in your name, your TRB account number, and the code word today is Karaka. If you're thinking about buying a horse or You'd like to watch and see how it all unfolds. You can register online at nzbstandardbred.co.nz and uh, watch it live and bid live if you like. It's a pretty important sort of a day for the harness code and often the barometer is uh, set by what happens not only today at Karaka but in Christchurch over the next three days. We have the trotting sale which uh, we have about four 40, 50 lots, I think it is. Uh, a total of 380 lots uh, being sold over 
the four days. What's coming up on the show for you? Well, we're hoping to catch up with Crandell Getty, who trains, co-trains Republican Party. Talk to him about what he looks for when buying a yearling. Uh, then we'll have our Southern Man segment. Don't forget, yes, we have harness racing action out of Gore. They race on the grass today. And the Manawatu meeting, which was transferred, well, they transferred Tuesday to Thursday and then Thursday to Sunday. So dual harness meeting today. Looking forward to uh, getting into that around about 12 o'clock when we'll have our Southern Man segment talking to Matty Williamson, who has a big book of drives and another young driver we haven't had on Trot's Talk before. Tristan Larson, son of Kirk, an outstanding horseman himself, of course, a man who trained Howard Bromack to win an Auckland Cup. His son, Tristan, will join us and talk to us about his drives uh, at Gore this afternoon. Go to tab.co.nz. All of the odds are out for both of those meetings, and uh, we'll do endeavour to find you a winner or two out of Gore or Manawatu today. We're out of Karaka. It is the New Zealand Bloodstock Standard Bread Sale. We'll also catch up with Catherine McDonald from Harness Race New Zealand. Mick will rejoin us. We'll have a chat to him uh, about the early lots and what's happened there. And Andrew Seabrook, the boss of New Zealand Bloodstock, will be in to wrap up the show around about quarter to one. It's live radio. Often things don't work out how you want them to, and guests don't arrive when they're supposed to, and that's what's happened in this segment. Hope your Sunday is going well, and if it's not, you can win that $50 bonus bet. So just get a hold of us via the text machine. Producer dude Robbie will pick out the best text we get today, and they are coming in thick and fast. Are you there, producer dude Robbie? I am here, Greg. Yes. Nice to have you part of the show, is. Per normal, Thank you. Are, most, a, pe- um, are bit... most people spelling it right? Yeah, surprisingly yeah, enough. Good. Mo- most yeah, people that's... spelling it right. Yeah, it is. It is a bit lonely here in the studio. Um, <laughs> without without him Goering uh, running around, flitting around, and and doing his thing. But as per normal, exactly. maybe he arrived what, one minute before he was supposed to be. Yeah, here, yeah. Which is... And now he's gone again. But yeah, he'll he be back. Yep. Hey, we had a great night on uh, Friday night at Cambridge. It was New Zealand Bloodstock's Harness Million. Uh, we will get an opportunity to. Have a chat about those couple of races when when Mick comes back. But Merlin took out the two hundred thousand dollar final in a blanket finish. Great race it was uh, too. And the filly Millwood Nike remained unbeaten. She's nine from nine. She's part owned by well one of the one of the greats of New Zealand rugby league, an outstanding coach, and Frank Endicott and his son Shane. Uh, those guys, there's five of them that own Millwood Nike, just having an incredible time and. Uh, great to see Frank on track at Cambridge uh, on Friday night, along with the other owners, and yeah, they're certainly uh, enjoying the ride with her. We might take another break, and uh, Logan Hollis, yes, he has made his way into the studio, so on the other side, we'll talk to a man who's quite busy, yes, rather busy, he's uh, got about 10 yearlings to sell here today, we'll talk to Logan Hollis on the other side. Yes, welcome back into Trot's Talk. Don't forget to enter our text competition, double eight double three fifty dollar bonus bet from our friends at the tab. Your name, your TAB account number, and the code word Karaka. Logan Hollis has joined us from the Hollis Robertson Equine Services. Thanks, Logan, for your time. No worries, Greg. Good to be here. Mate, you've been involved preparing yearlings for 15, 16 years now. What's changed? Um, 
probably the quality of horses and the presentation of horses. Um, it's just second to none now. We've stepped up to the standard we needed to be to be selling what we consider our top-line product. Uh, we have to put it out there the best we can. Also, the American breeding. You know, the horses are more refined, more racy. Speed racing, that's what we want. Not like, I suppose, you said in the old days, the big old clunky stayers. We've gone totally away from that. We want speed. Yep. And you've got it because last year, I think you had a record sale? Uh, last year we got the top filly in New yep. Zealand, which was 190 for a Veste filly. The year before we cracked it with 300,000 yes. for the major reality filly. And we've um, got her brother here too. So, yeah. yeah, we'll see how we go this year. Yeah. How are you feeling about the sales? And, and what's the interest and, I suppose, the, the vibe been like for you guys? Uh, it's been steady. I wouldn't say it's been over the top, but I think the people that are looking are serious buyers. Um, you probably have your, your middle and top range market. That top range market, you've probably got selected buyers for it, but they've all been in our draft and been back several times, so I'm wrapped with that. Yep. Um, even the other horses, hard to tell sometimes. A horse can get looked at 100 times, might not sell any good. Some might get looked at 20 and they sell for good money. So there's no theory. We get, get a bit of an idea, a bit of interest, but it comes down to the individual buyers, how much money they've got and what they want to go to. Logan, how do you find sale day? I mean, you and Shane spend so much time with these horses and when they go in the... It's, it's a, it's, I suppose it's a different dynamic to when you go to the races because you take your horse there, they race, they come home with you, you look after them, back to the races again. You come here today and you're hopeful that the 10 that you've got in at the sale uh, sell for the connections and, and, and for you guys and, and um, you might not see them again, particularly if they're sold to an Australian buyer. So it's a different dynamic, isn't it? Oh, totally. But I mean, a lot of people don't see behind the scenes too. Like there's 10 to 12 weeks that have gone into these horses, a hard feed exercise, parades, sleepless nights. It's just, you know, and we come here and it's nice because it's just a lot more relaxed. We've worked three months. Owners are bred for two years to get their horses here. Yep. So... You know, I saw an interview of the galloping train and they said, they tell their staff they've got four minutes to sell a horse. Two minutes to the person looking at it and two minutes in the ring. Yep. And they're 100% correct. It doesn't matter what we've done before. Yep. We sell them and whatever we sell, we always try and take an interest. And when they go to Aussie, it's kind of hard, but, you know, we do take an interest in Aussie racing. And it's nice to see them go good and have results. You're in early, nice and early. I think it's lot 12. The filly out of Bear Knuckle sold pretty well last year. I think there was it was about 90,000 or Yeah, I believe Frank there. Cooney bought it. Um, yep. Brecken's did that one. Um, I've started doing a bit of work for the owner, Hull um, David, from the Gold Coast. Yep. Um, he's got Bear Knuckle and another mare, so I'm just organising that for him. So he gave us his filly. Lovely filly. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't knock her, and I hope other people like her too. Uh, Logan, you've got a good spread of stallions amongst your draft. Uh, the art majors are there, the betters delights are there. What about the captain crunches? Because I'm hearing some pretty good things about them. Yeah, surprising me because, I mean, New Zealand's a fickle market and, um, you know, they're quite happy to knock stallions and that before they've even raced. But with captain crunch this year, I'm only hearing good things from people that are looking and, um, you know, out a couple of good mares, beautiful horses, and I'm not, not hearing any negatives, which is great. Yeah, excellent. Um, what... Is the one lot that you're looking forward to more than others? And, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but have you got a star of the show in your eyes? Ah, the answer to that is yes. yes. And it's late in the day, <laughs> and it's lot 119, the Captain Crunch. Um, Out of the orange agent. Oh, yeah. definitely. And he's just, everyone that's looked at him, like I said, it's probably that top-end market. That everyone's realistic about that. But the, from what I've seen and heard, um, there's no negatives and... You know, we don't need one person to love them. We need two or three. Yeah. 
and yep. those two or three want him and not put a value on him. Yeah. Um, so, hey, it's the end of the day, but it makes it all worthwhile. But we never know. No, never no, know. exactly. It's, uh, you only need two people, and they both want the same horse. So um, that's, that's when it can get, get fun. And if the right people are on them, and, and obviously the biggest change in, in the sales in the last three years has been Stonewall. Oh, definitely. You know. Like, you know, when you look at the big picture, and we're realistic about this, they're probably running three barns now. Yep. They have to fill those three barns. That's, as a seller, that's how I'm looking at it. So whether they're breeding, which they do, yep. buying at weanling sales, which they do, but they, they need other horses. Um, they all have their values on horses and how much they're going to spend. So I would say everyone thinks they're going to buy every horse. They'll have their limits on horses. Yep. They've been around, they've looked at them, had vets on them. They might not buy some that we thought they might be going to buy. So, but... Hey, great to have them here because we need players like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, lot 119, the Captain Crutch, uh, Crunch, rather, Bay Colt out of the Orange Agent. If you remember her racing, uh, she won the Jewel, she won the Neverly R, she won the Northern Oaks, she won the Breeders. They don't get a lot better and a lot more dominant than what she was. And uh, this is her first foal. So, very much sought after, we are thinking, lot 119. Logan? Thanks so much for coming up and having a chat to us, mate. Um, it, it, it's going to be a good day for you, I'm sure, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys uh, lots go through the ring. Thanks very much, Greg, and thanks very much for you putting the show on and the listeners. Any promotions, good promotions, and I'm pleased there's people listening and they've got an interest in the industry. Good on you, Logan. Great. There he is, Thank you. Logan Hollis. Here along with his partner, Shane Robertson. They have their equine services. They do a massive job with their team and uh, looking forward to seeing their lots go through the ring. They start off with the Better's Delight filly out of Bear Knuckle and uh, they conclude with lot 119, the Captain Crutch out of the Orange Agent and then of course he mentioned Veste is also a Captain Crunch, lot 125, the Colt out of that mare. Crandall Giddy's on the phone negotiating with his owners I think, trying to get some people uh, involved and some of the horses I'm picking the Kentucky Arna team might be looking to purchase. Double eight, double three. get your text in to us. You could win a $50 bonus bet. And uh, the code word today is Karaka. What have we got coming up on the show for you? Not too far away from the Southern Man segment. Yes, we are at the Karaka Yelling Sales. Uh, the ground's here just south of Auckland for the Yelling Sales today. But we haven't forgotten, we've got Harness Racing Action. Two venues today, Gore on the Grass, and, of course, Manawatu, the second day there. So we're going to chat to two participants down there at Gore, being Matthew Williamson, who has a big book of drives, and quite a few of his own runners in too. And Tristan Larson, young man looking to forge his way in this game that his father has made a name in out of Southland. We're going to take another short break, and on the other side... We'll catch up with our friends from down south, find you a couple of winners, and if you make enough money, and please bet responsibly, we encourage you to do that, and you might want to get involved in a share of a yearling out of the New Zealand bloodstock sale. This is Trot's Talk, brought to you by Harness Racing New Zealand. Love the game. Go to hrnz.co.nz, all your information, previews, reviews, and everything you need to know about the game, hrnz.co.nz. See you on the other side. I'm 
Yes, the traditional Southern Man segment here on SENZ Trots Talk, brought to you by Harness Race New Zealand. For all your information on the great game that it is, go to hrnz.co.nz. Last week, we had Nathan Williamson on talking about joining that club, the Thousand Win Club. His brother, Matty, already in there. In fact, he's gone past 1,100 wins. He's kindly joined us on the phone. Afternoon to you, Matthew. Yeah, good afternoon, Greg. Hey, thanks so much uh, for your time. Of course, we're out of Karaka, where the first lot has just gone through the ring. Looking forward to giving you the updates inside the first hour. But, mate, you're busy today. You've got a large team of your own, training-wise, many of which we'll talk about. But I thought we'd whip through uh, your chances today. And just before we get to that, how good having Nate in the same club that you're in? Yeah, definitely, uh, Greg. Yeah, very deserved member. As, as you know, he, um, you know, he's one of the best rangemen in uh, in New Zealand. Uh, you know, let alone South Island. So, um, yeah, no, it deserved achievement for him. And uh, yeah, onward and upward. He did mention he'd like to chase you down at one stage to have bragging rights. But I guess as the older brother, that's not surprising. Yeah, well, I've come from behind to to put a bit on him, so <laughs> I can't see him. I can't see him pegging that back. All right, you've got a busy day today, mate. Let's talk about some of your chances. What about uh, in the first, the Philly Majestics? Yeah, she's um, got a bit of ability, Greg. Uh, she's, a, she's a Philly I, I do like, and I think she'll go on to win a, a fair few races, but just quite green at the moment. Um, her first start was very good, and then the other day she um, just got the head around a bit, so we've made some wee changes. And, uh, yeah, like I say, she's pretty raw um, manners-wise, but if she happened to trot the whole way... Um, I'd be disappointed she didn't run in four type thing because she has got a bit of ability. You got a couple in race two, Jordan Ann, Dembones, Dembones. Yeah, both racing really well. Uh, Rats with how both are going. Uh, just it might be a little bit short for both of them, but uh, in distance. But uh, that said, they they look two of the strong hopes. So um, good beginnings will be the key over the over the nineteen hundred. I, I personally am slightly leaning to Jordan Ann, but uh, very widely works with you telling me the grey. So we've got to we. Uh, We've got a wee uh, jug on that, but uh, it'll be pride hurt as much as anything if, uh, if, he, if he's right over me. But, uh, yeah, I, there won't be much between them, both, both good winning chances. In the next few races, I think Smoke and Cheddar better be watching, Delness, Arizona, and uh, Northview Rocks. All of them are, are sort of each-way chances, I suppose, but they're a bit longer in the market. Is the one of those that you, you favour over the others? Yeah, I'd probably lend a Smoke and Cheddar just from a, from a good draw and without being too harsh an average line-up. Um, yeah, it probably gets its chance to, to get um, a bit today. Ariella's in race number seven. She's a warm favourite, deserves to be, loves the grass. Gee, the form line's very, very good, isn't it? Uh, second behind uh, Badesia, who was also group two placed uh, at her previous start. So, um, and, and, and her grass track record would suggest, even though she's drawn six of six, she's the one to beat. Yeah, definitely, Greg. She looks really hard to beat. Uh, her last start was a terrific run, probably one of the better of her career um, for how strong that field was. So, uh, yeah, she, she looks probably the best of the day of my drives for sure. All right, going on to race number nine and your own horse, Winning Bones, very consistent. Uh, 1,900 off 15, but you've got a few friends there with you. Yeah, he's scratched. He's actually... Uh, oh, is he? Okay. Either yep. uh, yeah, either tied up or sore, but I've uh, picked up a drive in there. I'm on Cody Banner and... Uh, if he happened to hold his gate, he'd be a each-way chance. Just as well you've done your form. It's pretty busy here, though, Matthew. I'm sure you, you'll appreciate that I missed <laughs> that one. Uh, boarding call at race 10? Yeah, it just comes down to manners a wee bit with her. I'm on the grass uh, with 
we'll put some elastics in her hobbles hopefully to help her gait wise um, but yeah if she if she went to her Addington run I don't, I don't think they'd beat her but um, she can be a little bit hit or miss with um, manners and stuff like that so um, yeah just a wee bit of watch and see but definitely a, definitely a good each way chance if uh, she behaves and herself but. and I think you're on Nyla in the last yeah Nyla in the last drawn out a wee bit in a strong enough field so she's probably just an outside place chance Alright, what about uh, training wise Matthew, you seem to be getting a few around you, um, is it a case of you're full or have you still got room and what happens yearling sale wise for you because you're at a stage of your training career that often you're getting, um, I'm not going to say other people's off cast but you're, you're often getting tried horses, is it something that you'd be looking to venture into down the track much like your father and brother? Well, we actually bought a couple last year, Greg, but um, not yep. not going this year. But um, we did right. buy a couple last year. But um, yeah, like, as you say, we've ended up with a lot of horses through um, yeah uh, people you know wanting to give them a second opinion or something like that. So um, we've ended up with quite a big team there at the moment, and uh, yeah, there's always room for for more to a degree. But uh, we're yes. we're pretty full. Uh, that said, we're not sort of we haven't pushed um, pushed for sales this year, but. Uh, if we can move a few of these on by uh, next uh, by the next year, we'll definitely be there and uh, attacking. Hey, Maddie, for the SENZ listeners, what's your best chance? I suppose outside of Ari Ella, who's odds on to win. So, what would you be suggesting as outside of her the best chance for you today? Yeah, well, probably um, uh, more of the trainer side of things. I'd say Jordan Ann would be would be the one I'd probably um, if, if I was having a bet, she'd be the one I'd probably want to have me twenty on. All right, beautiful, mate. Really appreciate your time. Go well today. No, good as gold. Thanks, Greg. All right, that's Matty Williamson, gun driver, good trainer, and uh, he's got a big book of uh, drives down there today and, of course, his own uh, stable runners too. He's trying to get hold of Tristan Larson to see if uh, he is there uh, to have a chat to him about his chances today. He's actually probably got the busiest day of uh, his driving career. Of course, his father trained Howard Bromack, an outstanding horseman in his own right. Any sign of him, producer dude? No, still struggling to get hold of Tristan. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll try and do that. We might grab Catherine McDonald, who's come upstairs. She can come and have a chat to us now and jump on uh, the headset there. Catherine, Catherine, of course, a uh, big part of Harness Racing New Zealand and She's up here at the Yearling Sales representing the code and the business and all sorts of things. Uh, Catherine, we're just trying to get hold of Tristan Larson, but uh, he's a busy man. He's got a busy book of drives, and I suppose that's somewhere to start, actually, talking about morning to you, or oh, afternoon as it is now, by I agree. the way. Um, yeah, the juniors, you guys have made some big changes in, in that sphere, and I suppose it's come about out of necessity more than anything to extend the life of a junior if you like because um you know it's, it's not an easy thing to attract the young people to to get involved in the drive of, inside of things is that fair yeah that's a fair comment and i think the key thing around the juniors is a lot of juniors get in and get drives from good stables and they're employed and they get the opportunity to cement themselves as a junior driver or as a driver and after six years uh, which was the break um a lot of them don't have that opportunity so they come out they've only had a handful of drives so by extending it, it means that uh, people that want to come in a bit older can stay in the industry and, and get a chance to, to do what they need to do. And then the, um, and the juniors themselves, they're really receptive to it. 
because we need them. They are the future of our sport, so we need them to continue. Yeah, well, um, you're absolutely right, they are. Now, you've been in the role a couple, Two, of, couple, couple of years. years yep. yep. A few things have happened in that time, <laughs> be, fair to, be fair to say. Um, there's always challenges, and, yep. and there's a lot going on. You know, the, uh, in, in the game, we're here at Karaka today at the Yearling Sales, which is always a great barometer as to, to where things are at. But um, talk to me about some of the things that HRNZ are doing, and the ju- juniors is a good example um, because it's, it's evolving all the time, isn't it? It's evolving all the time, and we know one of the biggest issues out there always is programming because you know everybody looks at it from their own individual perspective. But um, what we are wanting to do, and the board has decided to do, is establish three regional programming committees. So it's a little bit based on the Southern Harness model, um, and that's working okay. It it still needs to evolve a bit more. And uh, we've had our first meeting up here between Auckland and Cambridge to start a North Island one. And when the Central Districts comes on, it'll evolve into that. But what we want to do is have programs up, tentative programs up three months in advance. Um, so that the trainers know what they're aiming their horses for. And yep. at the moment, we're not good at doing that, so we need to improve. Yep. We're not going to sugarcoat things because we know the announcement from the TAB uh, around Christmas time yep. that uh, essentially the state levels had to go down 10%. You guys didn't have a choice. And for those people who don't understand the model, the TAB turn over money, generate the profit, distribute it to the codes. If they're not making as much money as what they predicted or to hoped for, then the code has to cut its cloth in, in many respects. Um, whilst that was disappointing, have we had an update as to how they're going now and are we hopeful that we can maybe get back to that level or, or is this the norm now? I don't think it's the norm. Um, we haven't had an update at this, this point in time. But looking forward, you know, the way things are going, it's, it's quite possible it could extend for a certain length of time. Uh, so that's one of the things HRNZ looked at when they looked at how we would cut $4.5 million out of the budget. So we took some from operational costs, we took some off stakes and took some from reserves. We didn't want to take it all from reserves because in case it does extend, because we yep. didn't then want the bigger... We're trying our best not to hit the stakes as much as possible going forward. Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty smart uh, way to, to approach it. Um, looking at other things in the in the sport, we're coming up to the annual awards, which are not too far away, a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks, yeah. yeah. That's, that's all. Um, anyone who wants to go to that, best place to go is the world-class website that is hrnz.co.nz. Um, it, it, it's a night to celebrate success, and, it, and it's one that should happen, and it's been challenged over the last couple of years for obvious reasons. Uh, with COVID, but um, I'm picking that at Addington Raceway, it'll it'll be one heck of a night. I think we're talking the fourth. Yes, yeah. it's the fourth. Um, I think it'll be fourth a great night. Yep. We've got some new awards. We've got the Unsung Heroes, um, and we've got the Newcomer to Training Award. So that will create a little bit of interest, which is a bit different from past years. Yep. And recognises those in the industry that put in the hard yards and and. Um, Instead of just recognising the elite people all the time. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's a great concept, yeah. and and I'm sure that uh, it'll be well received because there are a lot of people, a, a lot of people that work in behind the scenes that aren't the front people like Michael Guerin and Greg O'Connor who get get their heads and and voices heard. They yeah. don't. So this is their opportunity and 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 a chance for. Um, I think the groom of the year is a great one. Yes. Because because then the the people that they work for can talk 
you know, so much about what, what they, you know... What, what they, they have, yeah. yeah. And it was good criteria. They had to, you know, they had to be good for the, with the horse and they had to have a good work ethic and everything like that. We called for nominations and we got about 17 nominations, which right. was really encouraging, and we whittled that down to four finalists. Yes. Um, but everybody that was nominated was, is, um, you know... They, they deserve credit, yes. and the fact that their trainers have nominated them is, is a really good thing in the first place. Yeah. So uh, it's a great award, and I think that's going to be greatly received. All right. I know you're working hard on the dates and, and those sorts of things. There's, there's always a heck of a lot of challenges uh, in that regard, but um, we'll get an update from you once that process has been uh, been done as well, because, of course, the Thoroughbred Codes still work on the 1st of August and 31 July, so the racing calendar... I know it's a little bit confusing for people, but harness is 1 January to 31 December, but the racing calendar, in terms of the dates, is set uh, by what what that code still has. Well, yeah. what that code, so where we're at at the moment is we work with the other two racing codes and yep. the TAB to come up with a draft which went out to clubs before Christmas. Yep. They've all submitted to us by last Friday and um, going to the board next week is our draft submission back to the TAB. And while we put that draft submission back to the TAB, the three codes get together with the TAB and work through the three submissions from the codes because yep. they'll be comp competing um, wants and come out with a final one that will go to their date. Well, it's about maximising the turnover, isn't it? It's to get the best return for the yeah. participants who are in the game. So Yeah, and, you know, we're arguing for the best return for ours versus, versus yeah. the other two codes. Um, and likewise, they do the same. And, and uh, the TAB has to be able to service the meetings as well, which is critical. Yep. Um, but it's a good process, and, and we're nearly through it. Yeah, all right. Really appreciate you stopping by. Um, enjoy the sales. It is a great barometer of where the industry's at, and um, thanks again for the support of HRNZ by providing SENZ this platform to be able to uh, promote our sport. Thanks, Greg. All right. There's Catherine McDonald, who is in charge of racing for HRNZ and hrnz.co.nz for all your News, previews, reviews, everything involved in the sport of harness racing. Didn't have any luck getting hold of Tristan Larson, who's probably now out on the track uh, getting ready for race number one. But when I did speak to him, he suggested to me his best chance of the day was the Tony Stratford-trained Van Liberty, who's about a $3.80 chance in race number eight. Short break for us on the other side. Michael Guerin's going to join us, and we will have Amanda Telfer, coming to us from Sydney to talk to us about Kalua Flyby, who took out the heat of the Oaks, and what happened on Friday night in the Newcastle Mile. Welcome back in to Trot's Talk. Don't forget to enter our text competition, double eight double three. your name, your TAB account number, and the code word Karaka. Let's go back to Menangle. Last night, heat of the New South Wales Oaks and Kiwi success. 28 to the quarter. Sky Blue starts to roll on the bend. Gets about four or five metres in front of Peaceful. Kalua flyby knuckles down to the task at hand. Peaceful and Kalua flyby quickly go up to join Sky Blue. In the middle, Peaceful. On the outside, Kalua flyby. They're staging a soul-stirring struggle, but Kalua flyby has the nose in front. Now comes away, and Kalua flyby wins heat. One of the Oaks beats Peaceful Sky Blue. Fourth home about 10. So team Telfer, Cullen, Tim Williams and Kalua flyby getting the business done of course uh, the Stonewall team I can tell you early on here Michael Guerin they have had a part to play because in the first nine lots before we talk to Amanda Telfer we've had three over a hundred thousand already two one hundred thousand dollar trotting lots so lot one and lot nine one hundred thousand dollars each 
and I think $115,000 for Lot 7, which is a pacing bred, always being Mickey. So there's money here today, and as we said, boutique catalogue, it is going to get very, very busy very quickly. So I have been to a lot of harness racing sales in this part of the world, and it's incredibly rare to see three $100,000 lots in the first 10 lots. Gregory, they're not going to take their foot off the accelerator today. There is the potential here today we might see twenty to $2,500,000 plus lots. Yeah, that's staggering, isn't it, for the code of harness racing. Amanda Telfer is in Sydney where she's had success, obviously last night with Kalua Flyby, not so on Friday night, but let's concentrate on the success uh, first. Morning to you as it is over there, Mandy. Morning, guys. How are you? Yeah, excellent, thanks. Thank you for taking the time out to have a chat. Did you hear that? Lot 7. Uh, Philly by Always Be Mickey yeah. out of Alchemist is coming your way, or, or, or the stable's way anyway. So um, it's probably what we expected from uh, Steve Stockman and, and the Stonewall team. Uh, Jill and your brother, Steve Telfer. Uh, that won't be their only purchase today. That's one thing we know for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I've been watching the sales and... Um yeah, that was the first lot that they had marked, so yeah, it was good to secure her. You've taken this very good filly, Kalua Flyby, across the Tasman. She was good first up, she was even better last night. You must be delighted with her progress. Yeah, look, when she first came over, she was um, she was a little bit short, and we just wanted to give her a look at Menangle, um, give her a run before the Oaks Heats, and um, it worked out well that she got the job done, and she's just progressed nicely, and she's um, getting better and better, yeah. 156.3, the mile rate, uh, very, very good last night, and the pleasing thing, she seemed to do it quite comfortably. Is that how you saw it, and how she come through that? Yeah, I'm speaking from off as he said, once she got to the top, um, she actually sort of didn't look off yet, but he said she was just doing it quite easily. Um, she's pulled up well. She's uh, She's been out on the walker, water walker at Luke's this morning and um, now enjoying the day in the paddock. So, yeah, no, happy with the way she's pulled up. Amanda, it's Michael here. Congratulations on what you've been able to achieve. It's it's not easy travelling horses to a new place. Had you been to Menangle or Luke McCarthy's or had you spent any time in that region of the world before you rocked up there two weeks ago? Look, no. Um, last time we come over, we come over with um, Step Up for um, trying to get her into the mile, but she didn't actually um, make it. And we were at um, Kim Butts at Menangle that time. Um, yeah, no, I haven't spent a lot of time in Sydney at all. I didn't even really know Luke when I got here. So, um, look, it's been great. They've welcomed us and um, can't do enough for you. Last night's heat looked the stronger of the two heats, only two heats of the New South Wales Oaks, the final next Saturday. And you ended up in a tricky position. Once Peaceful crossed you off the gate, although that's good, Peaceful's the horse to beat, and then they re-handed her. I thought you might be in a bit of trouble, but... Tim drove the race like a New Zealander, which sometimes not a bad thing at Menangle. I don't think it works all the time in Australia, but I think Menangle's a track you can do it on. Yeah, look, um, we've got a lot of confidence, Tim. He just, you know, he does what he does, and that's what he's good at. And, um, yeah, I was the same as you, Mick. I was a little bit concerned when we were three back the fence, but um, when you look at it, Peaceful always had to get a run, and I was just hopeful that he'd follow the through. So, yeah. Amanda, have you spoken to your lovely brother uh, or even Steve Stockman and said to them today, look, I think we should get 
X, lot, blah, 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 or do you just keep your nose out of that sort of stuff in case it doesn't go well? No, I actually did give... Uh, Steve Stockman was at Newcastle on Friday night, and I said to him, I said, there's one lot I like down south. So um, he said, I'll have a look. And I said, it's on your list, and I really like it. So, yeah, we'll wait and see. Amanda, did you have a favourite? You were surrounded by an, an army, a growing army of very good horses. Do you have one you like more than the others? Yeah, um, BDJ. <laughs> Oh, he's, really? He's well, that, that's favorite. appropriate that you should start talking about well, him because it, it, Friday the, night wasn't the punters, <laughs> the punters didn't feel the same way about 10.45 <laughs> on Friday night. Explain um, to us what no, happened there, no. Mandy. Yeah. Um, look, um, we were fortunate enough to get barrier one, but um, it didn't pan out to help us at all. Like uh, Tim said afterwards, we would have been better in two, three or four or even wider because... Um, when they let the gate go and he sort of gave him his head, he um, he clopped the wheel with his back leg and galloped, yeah. So then uh, it wasn't in too bad of a spot. He was buried, but then done it again on the home turn. So um, yeah, we'll sort of be looking for a longer cart next time, I think. Uh, Amanda, is that a, a case of, I see Tim had the whip up and the, and the score up, and did you do anything different? Did he have shortness in? Did you bring the hopples up a, a little bit to get him out of the gate quicker? Was there any contributing factor you could see to that? No, look, um, they all sort of warned us about um, the one and the two from Newcastle and um, talking to Luke, he said, you know, you have to be back off the gate and as soon as they sort of straighten, they just accelerate and he said, if you're on the gate, it comes back into your face. It actually looked like he hit it, but he didn't. It was more the factor that they went from go to woe and, yeah, like, or woe to go and then... um, yeah, it was just something. We even had the cart out longer than we did at Menangle, um, just for the fact that they've all told us they could get on a wheel at um, Newcastle. But it just, yeah, it was just one of them things. So they head to the Miracle Mile preludes this Saturday. Is there any assurance that they'll be split? So I've been talking to Luke, and he thinks he says that they usually split, um, yeah, trainers and drivers. So. Um, he was he was pretty confident that they'd be in different heats, so Tim could drive them both this week. Yeah. Were you at Menangle last night uh, after the race, after the Captain Ravishing race? Because obviously you would have been there for your race, or did you go home early? Because it must have been quite a surreal experience. Um, you guys had some pretty good horses. Captain Ravishing was being called the next Jesus, and he gets beat. Must have been quite surreal being yeah. at Menangle for that. Yeah. Well, we didn't expect it because. It- as the delay was on and it was quite late and after the late night of Newcastle the night before, we were all sort of pretty tired, so we actually had to watch a replay of it. Um, yeah, so it was it was amazing. Like, Tim seen him walk in and he said, oh, my God, he said, have a look at that. He's just a, he's a beast of a looking horse. He's just, just lovely to look at. But as you said, you know, it, um, it didn't work out for him last night. So, yeah. Your other horse, Ultra Wise Guy, he sat in the trail in the Newcastle Mile and obviously never got out. How have both he and BD Joe come through the run? And um, He's been unlucky in both races, to be fair, so he's, he's due a change. Yeah, he was. Um, Luke was very happy with him. I, I happened to give uh, Luke a steer on him the Monday before that and um, just asked him if he was, um, he'd drive him and he'd be sure he'd go up and drive him. And after the race, he came off and he said... 
he said, I just had nowhere to go. He said he was just bolting. He was really, really happy with the way the horse went. He said if he just got a got a split, he would have um, he would have got the job done. But that's racing, isn't it? It just um, works out sometimes and not other times. All right, Amanda, what about the uh, the remainder of the carnival? Was Ultim Meteor actually going to turn up over there? Because I thought he was okay the other night at Cambridge. Is, does he get on the plane tomorrow and head for the New South Wales Derby? Yeah, he is. He is, mate. He's, um, he, uh, as far as I know, he's been here Monday night. Um, there. Steve thinks he's just taken a couple of runs to sharpen up. It was it's sort of a bit like the cup had over here. The first run, they were okay, um, like... Carlyle was okay and uh, Wise Guy was okay, but they have sharpened up since then. So, um, yeah, Tim's going to stay with me over here this week. So hopefully we can um, just just get him a bit more sharper for this week coming. I know that at Stonewall Stud and with the Telfer Cullen Stables, you're always looking to get better. There's a real drive to get better. What have you seen... Or would you like to steal from Luke and Belinda McCarthy's place? Or what attitude have you seen from them? Because in my dealings with them, Amanda, I've found them incredibly professional. Oh, they are, for sure. Like, um, you know, the, the complex is amazing. Um, the, the thing that I really uh, like that I've been using a bit, been here is the water walker. So um, in the future, I'd like to have one of them at our stables and... Just after the fast works and after races, the recovery, you put them in for 20 minutes, half hour, and it's just, um, yeah, it just seems to be freshening them up, if that, if that makes sense. It's quite mesmerising, isn't it? When you watch a horse on a water walker, there's a place called Margaret Park in New Zealand who do them. They send you videos. It's incredibly relaxing. It's, um, it's, yes. quite, it's very, very, very hard to turn away from. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I, had, I had the three of them this morning for 25 minutes, half hour, and... Like, it's just a, like, they're not doing any pace. They're just sort of ambling. Like, it's just a slow walk. And, yeah, you, mum sits there and watches them the whole 20 minutes. Like, she's just... Um, <laughs> I've done the same thing on video. It, it makes you feel <laughs> nice and sleepy. It's actually very relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, that's, that's the, thing, the thing I like. Um, I actually like their track, too. I, I haven't used it with my horses because they're not used to it. But uh, their fastball track comes and uh, goes, but they actually finish going up a hill. I think it would be really good, but um, I just don't want to put my horses on it when they're not used to it. Hey, Amanda, really appreciate your time this morning out of Sydney. Uh, we wish you well in the build-up to not only the New South Wales Oaks with Kalua Flyby, but uh, the Derby with Older Meteor and, of course, BD Joe and Older Wise Guy as they head towards those Miracle Mile qualifiers. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ed. That's Amanda Telfer. Wasn't she, wasn't she well, great? Well, you know what? It's a funny thing. She, she's not keen on the media side of things, particularly... Well, it's probably because of you. The, yeah, like, a lot of people in the South Island are. I think you've ruined it for probably, them. But how good? I mean, how good is she? You, and, and the one thing you know with her, and you, you know, you see it with a lot of, or listen to it with a lot of, um, of, of horse people, is the passion. There's no question about her passion for the horse. Especially B.D. Joe. Yeah, even, even <laughs> after what B.D. Joe did the other day, she still loves him, yeah. and he's still her um, favourite. So. You can't underestimate what they're doing. Menangle is by far the hardest place to travel to on the eastern seaboard of Australia. Gloucester Park's harder to go to WA, obviously. But a lot of people go there and stuff it up. Yep. And they've taken Carla a flyby there. She's two from two. They've won with B.D. Joe. Ultra Wise Guy's clearly racing well. If you can get that right once, 
you can get it right 20 times. We've seen that with Murray Baker and Andrew Forsman. We've seen it with Pikey going to Queensland. We've seen it with Mark Purden. You get it right once, Gregory, and opens up a whole range of doors, and those doors include this very important door. You get a three-year-old filly, you think we love this horse, we're going to retire it, take it to stud. Let's pop over from an angle for a month, get a 150 next to its name, because you can't get those in New Zealand. Mm. Almost, almost impossible. Take it over there, buzz it up, we'll get a 150, bring it home. Now, if you can do that well, you have opened a door into another level of harness racing, and I think that door is very much ajar for Stonewall Stud. Yep, absolutely it is. We're going to take another break here on Trot's Talk. Chance for you to win the $50 bonus bet, courtesy of our good friends at the TAB. Text in double eight double three. Code words Karaka, your TAB account number. You know what I like to do, Greg? I like to get people to give producer dude Robbie, because producer dude Robbie. Yeah, he's our man. You try and cajole him. Into, into giving you the money because he's he's an absolute sucker. He's a sucker for it. You could just make up any story in the world and he absolutely can't prove it's correct. Yep. So you can pretty much say anything without being abusive and you, you give yourself a better chance. Yeah, I agree. And um, we'd love to see your text come through. Double eight, double three. On the other side, Michael and I will review the New Zealand Bloodstock Harness Million races from Cambridge on Friday night. And then we'll wrap it all up with Andrew Seabrook, the boss here at New Zealand Bloodstock. You're with Trot's Talk on SENZ. It's brought to you by Harness Racing New Zealand. And when we come back, we'll have a look at their two big races from Friday night. Well, welcome back into Trot's Talk, brought to you by Harness Racing New Zealand. Go to hrnz.co.nz for everything about the game. Some good ticks coming through. Alan Taggart, he loves the show. Good on you, mate. Uh, your name, your TAB account number, code word Karaka, double eight double three fifty dollars $50 bonus bet. Someone will win. We need to go back to Cambridge from Friday night. They had two New Zealand Bloodstock Harness Million races. Here's the first of them and the first dual winner of the Harness Million. His name? Merlin. Merlin's only three lengths off its stable maiden leader back on the inside then to Sherlock's all dressed up nowhere to go further back then to Charlie Brown and they're followed by Sinbad taking off to I see Lou baby with style 29 down the back and it's sooner the better up on the outside son of Mac here's Merlin he's letting down strongly it's sooner the better a length over son of Mac and Merlin down the outside then to Sinbad sooner the better's in front Merlin's dashing now sooner the better Merlin down the outside sooner the better Merlin some Merlin magic for the Harness Million of 2023 and the three-year-old Colts. The little horse that could, uh, owned by Dean Shannon, trained by Barry Purden and Scott Phelan. He's won nine from 11. He's virtually never had a good barrier draw, and he didn't have one on Friday night, Michael, but what he showed us is he knows where the winning post is. So does Zach Butcher. My apologies about a technical issue. Um, so does Zach Butcher. Nobody drives Cambridge better. For the last 30 years, David Butcher's been the king of Cambridge. Now, Zach's not taken over, but he's got better equine firepower. Well done to Barry and Scott. They cornelled the race. That's the second time they've cornelled to Harness Million in the last six months. They cornelled the two-year-old trot at Addington back on October the 14th. So it's only four months. He's a very good horse, but in a very even crop. I think if he draws the front line, he'll win most races because he has such good gate speed. But I do think, Greg, that there's enough there to like about... The second horse was OK. He was in front, but he's a good little stayer. Really good Sinbad, willing to forgive Sherlock. He just never got into the race. And Son of Mac was excellent. So there's enough about those horses to suggest, away from Don't Stop Dreaming, who was our champion two-year-old last season, is not back yet, that we're going to have a really competitive bunch of horses. And I think the derbies might be shared around. 
but no shearing for the Harness Millions. Both the boys and the girls going two for two at Cambridge the other night. The winners of the two-year-olds a couple of months later winning the three-year-olds. Yeah, let's have a listen uh, to the unbeaten filly. Her name, Millwood Nike. Suket for the outside, seclusion. There followed Fergalicious, Diamond Mounted, Poetry in Motion, Judine, Twist Little Girl, top of the home straight, Millwood Nike. Mark Purden lets her go, eases away by two, seclusion. There followed then by Suketra and Fergalicious. It's Millwood Nike off her back, seclusion. Millwood Nike a length, seclusion up on the outside. This pacing princess, she'll make it nine from nine. She's a jewel harness, millions winner. Her name, Millwood Nike. Yeah, she's a brilliant filly, and she's owned by five guys, the Steves, uh, Bruce Irvine, and the Endicotts, Frank and his son Shane. And I wanted to touch on that with you, Michael, because so often we have the sports stars, and Brendan McCullum clearly in the, in the thoroughbred code is, is the most recent to get heavily involved in, in racing, but to have the Endicotts, the, the flamboyant character that Frank is, um, can only help the sport promote itself. Yeah, I thought a lot about the correlation between sportsmen and, and, and horse racing. A lot of very famous sports people own horses. Richie McCaw's owned a horse, so is Dan Carter. And it comes down to a couple of things. First of all, they're, they're not risk averse. Sports people are used to taking risks with their own bodies. They're also used to adrenaline. They like adrenaline. You can't play high-end sport unless you enjoy adrenaline going through your veins. But also thirdly, and here's something which I've heard from very personal experience with heaps of my friends who are professional sports people. What they don't realise is a lot of sports people are all but locked in a room Thursday and Friday night. Most people listening to this show have a beer on Thursday or have a beer on Friday. They can do what they want, but most sports people can't. Can't. Mm. If you're in camp for the ABs, there's no going out Thursday night. You're not going to the movies. No. You stay home in your hotel room. And a lot of the cricketers and the, the rugby players and the league players you talk to, they'll watch races in camp on a Friday night or a Saturday or whatever because it's a distraction from the realities of playing football or playing cricket. Cricket even more so because they have so much downtime. So when you talk to a lot of sports people about that, those factors all play into them, having this natural affinity towards racing. And, of course, with Brendan McCullum, there's the respect for the, the animal. He, he always talks about when he comes to the sales, it's no different to him looking at a human athlete. You want an athlete, you want someone who's light on their feet, who moves well. So those correlations are, are very, um, very easy to understand once you think of them, apart from the one most people wouldn't think of, which is the fact that at least one day a week, most professional sports people are in captivity. All right, we're not too far away from catching up with the boss, Andrew Seabrook, but just back to Millwood Nike. Where does she sit, Michael? I'm not asking you to compare eras, but well, she's pretty good, isn't she? Well, we've had well, an incredibly strong run of good fillies for the last 30 years. Incredibly strong. All the way back to your famous favourite horse, Bonnie's Chance. Bonnie's Chance. But Adore Me, for example, didn't race at two, but was remarkable at three, only beaten once in a derby. So to say anything's as good as those horses is yep. ridiculous, because yep. Adore Me paced 147.7, won a New Zealand Cup, ran second in an Auckland Cup on a broken leg. Yep. Was retired the next day. So... She's the most likely filly I've ever seen at this stage of a season to win an Oaks. And when you look at it, she only beat a maiden in seclusion, and it's very easy to and go... And another maiden in yeah, Citra. And it's easy to go, well, what's it beaten? But it's also beaten every time it's raced Carla a flyby, and Carla a flyby's gone to Australia and is now favourite for the New South Wales Oaks. Now, the one caveat to that is the Emma Stewart three-year-old fillies aren't up and about yet, and Major Delight, who's the best of those, is, is at least as good as Millwood Nike on what we've seen. 
but whether the Stuart Tonkin horses can hold their form over as long a period of time as the Mark Purden horses hold their form is where that discussion point's going to get really interesting. Um, they can. I think they're getting better at, at getting their horses to hold their form. Ladies and Reds held their form for a very long time. But you would back a Mark Purden-trained horse to still be racing well at four, e.g. Adore Me, who won a New Zealand Cup, than you would some of the other Australian stables because they race their horses differently and they get them up and running a lot harder early. Amazing Dream's another great example, of course, went on to win an Auckland Cup and went to America and has done some incredible things. All right, we're going to go to our final break here on SENZ yeah, Trot I'm going to pop away, leave you with the boss. Beautiful. Not, not Bruce Springsteen, the other boss. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to try and try and see if there's any horses we can uh, we can find out some stuff about. Greg. All right, good as gold. That's uh, Michael Guerin, of course, uh, host with our team on Trot's Talk. We're at Karate. It's New Zealand Bloodstock Standard Bread Sale. It's the fourth year they've been involved in that. We'll talk to the boss, Andrew Seabrook, on the other side. In the home straight uh, with Trotstalk on SENZ, brought to you by HRNZ, and it's brought to you by New Zealand Bloodstock today too. And Andrew Seabrook is, heads up the company, of course. Uh, Andrew, gee, it's always an exciting time, sale day, but uh, things have fired up pretty early here. Three lots, $100,000 in the first 10. Yeah, that's right. Top prices of Philly so far, and a couple of trotters made a hundred. So yeah, great to get uh, lot one out of the way, hundred thousand. Um, so it's been a positive start, Greg. All right, this is the fourth year you guys have been involved in the Standard Bread Code. What's changed? What What have you learned in the first three, if you like? Well, well, geez, I've learned so much. <laughs> you know, you know, personally, because I've been a thoroughbred boy all my life. But we've really enjoyed it. Um, James Jennings, my two IC, he has really embraced the industry. We all have. We, we love it. Um, there's some good people in the Standard Bread game, and um, you know, we've we've managed to increase the sales. Thankfully, um, managed to increase the returns to the vendors which is which has been great but really enjoying our involvement and um, of course we've got Karaka here today and then moved down to Christchurch for a couple of days down there so uh, looking forward to a good, good week Greg. Yeah look we are blessed to have this complex and I often say to people if you've never been to a horse sale come to Karaka because you'll feel like buying one it's the amphitheatre you get wrapped up in it and this sale sets the tone for the entire week doesn't it? It does look it is a wonderful complex I mean at our thoroughbred sales a couple of weeks ago um, you know we had about 250 mils of rain in a few hours as you know and it was amazing that we got, you know, managed to keep selling. But people from around the world were saying this is really the best complex in the world. I mean, I've seen them, most of them too. It's no, it's fabulous, and oh, it's a good little crowd here today. And um, weather's behaving itself, and, and hopefully we'll continue on into Christchurch. Yeah, absolutely. It will. We have the trotting sale tomorrow. Of course, starts at three o'clock, and then twelve o'clock the sale for Tuesday and Wednesday in Christchurch. Um, you picked a pretty challenging time to get involved in the in the standard bread sale because COVID kicked in and um, all of a sudden the whole platform, if you like, changed and you guys had to come up with a serious sales platform online and, and gee, it's worked well. Yeah, it has. It's really sped the whole thing up. I mean, it's um, COVID dealt us a blow, but we managed to build a really strong online bidding platform and we had the thoroughbred sale first to try it out on it worked so well um, and it's really been embraced and the Australians um, you know a few of them are a bit nervous early on to use it but 
it was really embraced by them, and it, it was, it's been a godsend for the last two years. But, hey, nothing like having the borders open now, Greg, and, and seeing the Australians here today, and, and uh, they've been active already, so um, as far away as Perth to be here. But, hey, still a few bidding online from Australia too, so it's just added another dimension to the sale. Yep. Um, yeah. The boutique sale that it is here at uh, Karaka in Auckland, uh, gee, the, the back end of the day is strong. There's some quality colts there, including the half to King of Swing and the full uh, to better twist, and we spoke to Ken Brecken about his draft and how excited they are. Woodlands have a massive draft too, so um, they've come to play. Yeah, well, the sale exists of, at Cracker because of those two, those two uh, drafts, of course, Greg. It, um, even in my four years, the Breckens have come a long way. Their broodmare band, and even for a novice like me, geez, it's so noticeable, the quality of their mares and, and just some of the fillies walking out there yesterday. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, a bit of fireworks, hopefully, in another hour or so, Greg, it'll... it'll um, just to just to top the day off, so and, and Woodlands too, and but it was nice. Look, a small stud like Tardina, first yep. lot through the ring to make a hundred thousand for Tony and Ann Parker. I was, I was delighted for them. Yeah, absolutely, and they've been huge parts of the sales arena here in the north for a long time. Hey, thanks for having us today at your venue and allowing us to broadcast and get out to a different audience if you like. Um, good luck over the next few days to you and your team. It's a massive operation, as we know, and um, yeah, we look forward to getting the results through as uh, as the days. Unfold. Yeah, thanks for coming, Greg. Appreciate it. And we'll uh, see you down in Christchurch. You certainly will do that. That's Andrew Seabrook, the boss of New Zealand at Bloodstock, and uh, his company has a rather large four days ahead of them. Producer Dude, we have had a competition to win that TAB betting voucher, the $50 bonus bet. Uh, Karaka was the code word. Who's our lucky recipient, and how did they lure you into giving it to them? Well, yeah, Mick, Mick came through and said, you know, yeah, you can make up whatever you want, and I'd, I might not be <laughs> like able to Like he has tell. done for his entire broadcasting exactly. life. Exactly, and so uh, Alan's come through and said he loves the show. So uh, I've, I've picked that, um, and whether that's made up, we hope yep. it's not, but <laughs> it very well could be, and that's yeah, fine. Abs- that's how yeah. you win the bonus bet on this show. Yep, and if you want to win today, best bet of the day for Tristan Larson, who I think I stuffed up his phone number. That's why you weren't able to get hold of him. Van Liberty in race number eight was his best. And a couple that um, Maddie Williamson liked, Smoking Cheddar he liked on an each-way basis in his best of the days, Ariella in race number seven. Trots Talk back for one hour next week, 11 till 12. We'll be able to wrap up all of the sales action and of course those Miracle Mile heats will be run and won, the New South Wales Oaks, the same will be said out of Menangle next week and we'll have everything you need to know about this wonderful sport of harness racing. Brought to you by HRNZ and New Zealand Bloodstock today, it's been great to be broadcasting out of Karaka to producer dude Robbie, thank you for pushing all the right buttons, bar the one that I gave you the wrong number for and uh, we will see or talk to you anyway in a week's time.